Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 206 of a Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And one of the very first questions that I get when I let people know that I'm an anti-diet dietitian, or I don't think we can tell a person's health by looking at them is, What about the health? What about the research on health and weight? Well, I cannot wait to dive into this episode because I have a letter from someone who's training to be a healthcare provider. And even if you're not training to be a healthcare provider, but just interested in maybe not dieting anymore, or maybe you're someone who's a teacher or a caregiver or just has a job around people and you are thinking about radically rejecting diets, well, you're going to come up against this question. What about health? Don't you care about health? (laughs) And even if you're not a dietitian, you're going to get that too. I know you do. And I also know your brain is already asking it. So this person that wrote the letter today, you know, is wondering, am I going to be shunned? Am I going to be like the outcast? If I end up doing this job in healthcare and reject diets, you know, what is that going to look like? What do I do to reconcile my understanding of chronic health and higher weight? Well, this episode is for you. I'm going to go through all of the areas that, well, not all of the areas, but the three biggest medias areas that when someone asks me about health and weight, there's these three areas that I always go to first. So I'm going to share them with you. And before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. 
This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. This course is for those of you with polycystic ovarian syndrome who are saying, you know what? I've done every diet under the sun. I cannot imagine going on another one. Or maybe you're someone who already has said, I'm going to reject diets, but then you get diagnosed with PCOS and you're told you have to diet in order to manage the condition. Well, there are other ways for sure. And in fact, I think dieting harms PCOS more than any other condition. And I want to share with you what I'm talking about. Check out all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. And through the month of February 2020, use the coupon code LOVEFOOD at checkout and you get 30% off my PCOS and Food Peace course. I look forward to seeing you in there. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, well, I would appreciate it after you listen to the episode to jump on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you're listening to and leave a rating and review. Whenever you leave one in Apple Podcasts, it really helps the show grow. It helps more people find the show. And bonus, I have been looking for a literary agent and they have told me that I need 1,000 ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts in order to land an agent. So that's what 2020 is going to be all about for me. It's asking anyone and everyone to jump on Apple Podcasts and leave Love Food a review. So I would love your feedback. If you have any insight, that would be super helpful. I love reading them. And again, they help the show grow because not only does it bump up in the algorithm for Apple Podcasts, but it helps me to get feedback on what you're liking and what you're not liking about the show. So I thank you in advance. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, my ideas surrounding you have always been related to health. Growing up in a larger body with a mother who was a physician had me constantly aware and ashamed of myself. For me, you were always supposed to be something I was conscious of. My own doctor would show me where I was on the growth curve and constantly telling me that my BMI was unhealthy. These experiences were ingrained in me from a very early age. I was told, quote, you burn more calories sitting up rather than laying down, unquote, when watching TV and only provided, quote, healthy snacks, snacks that I never wanted. I was told to ignore my cravings and instead eat a handful of almonds. My mom and I were always dieting together for the sake of health. This quest for health led me to nursing school, hoping to be able to heal my sickness and the sickness of others. This is when I was subconsciously introduced to medicalized fat phobia. The nutrition class I had to take encouraged me to count calories in and calories out. This only encouraged my obsessive weight loss behavior, getting to a point where I was regularly consuming less than X calories a day and obsessively exercising X days a week. Now that I'm in school to become a midwife and also pursuing food peace through intuitive eating, I am much more aware. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. 
These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's daily women's microbiome defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. and disturbed by the medicalized fat phobia that I'm supposed to take part in. Learning the formula for, quote, ideal body weight, a real thing that was taught to me in one of my classes. I'm supposed to be X pounds, a weight I have never reached, even with my days of severe restriction. I am learning how to make sure the pregnant people I take care of aren't gaining, quote, too much weight during their pregnancy, and also how a lot of contraceptives are not designed for people in larger bodies. I desperately wanted to be a practitioner that lives outside the medicalized fat phobia, but I'm worried that if I do, I will be shunned by my coworkers and superiors as a bad provider. I'm not sure how to reconcile my understanding of chronic health conditions that are supposedly related to larger bodies, and also my desire to follow health at every size principles. Love, everyday fighter of the system. Hey there, love food listener. Before we get to this episode's letter, I want to ask you a favor. I'm wanting to get to know you more and get to know how you use the podcast, where you listen, and really just try to find a way to better help you along your food peace journey. And the way that I am trying to get to more of that type of information is by surveying you, you know, asking you some questions to help me better understand where you are on your food peace journey. If you have a minute, and honestly, I timed it, it's one to two minutes to take this really quick survey. If you have the time to do that and the space and the energy, hop on over to juliedillonrd.com slash survey. There also will be a hyperlink in the show notes to make it even easier for you. But by doing that, it'll help me make the content better and to better provide resources for you along your food peace journey. Thanks so much. Now let's get to the letter. 
Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. And I am thrilled to know that there is going to be a midwife very soon who is already looking at their own internalized fat phobia. It's weird to say that I'm excited about that, but I am because this is a really important place that you have as a healthcare provider to help someone bring someone into the world. And I know you also take care of people along the way. Oh, and to be able to do that in a fat positive way, to really understand the bigger picture about how bodies are diverse and um, have different strengths and we can't tell health by just looking at someone, it just makes me just so... I feel comforted basically because many people that I work with, as you probably know, deal with so much weight stigma when it comes to reproductive medicine. And again, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this. And I know it's a tough road ahead, especially because you're going to be considered a pioneer. There are not many midwives that I know of that are aware of this way of thinking. But I also think midwives are really equipped to quickly kind of get the picture to understand this. And, you know, I had my own experiences with a midwife or a group of midwives when I delivered my daughter. And I, in my own way, kind of interviewed them to be sure that they weren't going to be weight-centric or diety. And I remember asking one of them, um, how much weight do I need to gain during this pregnancy? And the midwife said, you know, your body's just going to do what it needs to do. And my job is to stay out of its way. I was like, yes, you're hired. And I also was getting really anxious before the time, um, before I was going to give birth, getting really scared. And um, I mean, this was a few weeks before even going into labor. And I remember the midwife I talked to at that point said, listen, your body can do this and I will support you. You know, and those are the things that I got from the midwife that I wasn't getting from the medical doctors on staff. And so again, I'm really excited for you to do this because I think as a midwife and I'm, you know, my understanding of midwifery is probably very, very small, but from what I understand is it's a type of profession that really leans on helping the person trust their body. And by you having this awareness of wellness culture and diet culture and, and how um, weight stigma affects the body negatively is really important because I can appreciate that there are some people in reproductive medicine and helping people give birth that think of wellness culture as a really good thing. And I'm thinking about you, the listener, who is not training to be a medical provider. You know, is this a conversation that's for you? And as I was reading this letter, I was thinking about how so many teachers or lawyers or caregivers of any kind could also relate. If you're on your food peace journey and you interact with humans in any way, this is something that can be really important because you may feel, if you're a teacher or a lawyer or any other kind of profession, again, that interacts with people, maybe like um, a preschool teacher, you may feel so different by rejecting diets. And that's a really tough space to be in. And I can recall when I first was in a place of rejecting diet culture early on as a dietitian, there were times where I really doubted this kind of radical thought space. And um, so when you feel yourself, letter writer, and anyone listening who can relate, doubting this, just know that's a really normal part. And I also think it's a part that makes 
your way of practicing in a way that is rejecting diet culture, it makes it even stronger because you have to dive deeper. You have to look into the research more. And we, um, we as health at every size practitioners are not people that are ignoring science. Rather, we are using science and evidence to help us to better inform ourselves and to help our clients. So I think it will help you more in the long term. So reading this letter, the the theme I got was fear. Fear of rejection or fear of harming someone because of the way you're understanding chronic health. And I think that's a really important place to start. I think it's also important for all of us to connect with why we chose the career we chose. And for you, letter writer, and probably many people listening who are in healthcare fields or in childcare fields, a lot of times we chose those ways because we wanted to fix ourselves. And I say the word fix in quotes because you don't need to be fixed. But there were these really ingrained and twisted and traumatic foundations when it comes to how to take care of your body with food and how you relate to your weight and things like that. There were really um, problematic, I guess is the word I think of, ways that you were taught to relate to it in such a way that it's become ingrained. And so going against that is going to feel immoral. It's going to feel like you're doing something that's morally wrong to reject diet culture. Again, that's a really normal space to be in. And when you when you notice you're there, if you can, I would lean into the tension and you know, picture yourself as a child when you were bonding with your mom over the diets. You know, that's a really common experience and makes this really messy because that's such a warm and fuzzy thing to be able to bond with one of your primary caregivers but over overheating your body. So leaning into that, but then also stepping into your adult self and recognizing what you know now and how it's different. The truth that you're leaning into now is that the behaviors that you were told you had to do because your body was large, you also notice are called pathological or they're called eating disordered in people who are thinner and how that just can't sit together. Why are behaviors okay? Why is torturing okay? Why is hurting yourself okay in a certain body, but not in another? Why do we have compassion and treatment and sympathy for people in smaller bodies doing the very same behaviors that we expect in larger bodies? That doesn't sit okay in my brain when I first started coming to this, and I know it doesn't sit okay in yours either. So when you find yourself in that space of feeling like you're doing something wrong, as hard as it is, I think it's important to lean into that truth. That's something that really can empower you to keep moving forward and keeping seeking what your truth is going to be. Reading through your letter, some of the mistruths that I am, am gleaning from it is that you weren't allowed to have pleasure with food, that your way of relating to food was kind of like a bank account. It was very robotic and rigid and fearful, scary, that if you went over, it would be like you'd be punished by having an overage charge at the bank. You were taught to ignore your hunger and ignore your cravings, that you shouldn't be satisfied with food. Rather, food really is not not meant to be enjoyed. You really should only be eating foods that you don't enjoy because you can't trust yourself. And those are really harmful. Those All of those are really harmful. And, and honestly, the way that I would 
describe them in a clinical way would be as a traumatic experience, especially as a child to learn that about your body. Because the way that we are designed to relate to food is for food to be nourishing, of course, and fuel, but also pleasurable. Our hormones are connected to the pleasure that we have with food. And if we don't have satisfaction, our body's going to yearn for more just because that's how we're designed. And so, yeah, I think that is a trauma that you experienced. And anyone who can relate to this letter and this upbringing, you know, one of the reasons why you may be stuck is because it is an unresolved trauma. A lot of my clients, I encourage them to get EMDR, which is a form of trauma therapy, or work with a therapist who is trauma-informed and understands the fat phobia that is just so internalized in our world to help a person to resolve some of that trauma from their upbringing, but then also feel more powerful in a world that's going to continue to traumatize them. And so for you, letter writer, um, again, selfishly, I think about your future patients and how how healing you're going to be in that way. You probably are going to be the first person that they encounter that just views bodies differently. Even if you don't mention anything about body size or food, just having that different a way of approaching people, it's going to come through. And for you also, what I always think about something a therapist once told me is that, hey, Julie, every time you give someone advice, it's giving it back to yourself. And so for you, letter writer, I'm just wanting to give that one to you too, which also makes me think, I wonder why I'm saying that right now. <laughs> I guess I need that advice right now too. But yeah, every time you're helping a patient in this way, it is going to help you as well. So let's move on to health. You know, that's the the crux of things. That's why I named the episode, you know, what about health? Because when we talk about body size, it's really normal and natural for us to think about health and to worry about health because the way that we've been um, brought up to think about body size is all twisted and tangled up with health. Unfortunately, the way that we've been taught about health has been from sources that are weight-centric and haven't identified their own or sat with their own internalized fat phobia. And so we have to dive deeper into research. And there's two, actually, there's three areas in particular that I would recommend to kind of keep handy, especially in the times of doubt for you, letter writer, or for anyone who's kind of newer or feeling the doubt about health at every size or weight-inclusive care. The first in particular is something that we refer to as social determinants of health. So if we look at outcomes and how someone is deemed healthy or not, there are many different behaviors and uh, particulars that we need to consider. It's unfortunately been taught to us that's just how much we eat and how much we move our body and our body weight that determines our health. But those 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 things are there actually. They, they what we eat and how we move our body is less than twenty five percent of our health outcomes. Almost all of it is these other areas, these social determinants of health, which include things like genetics and access to healthcare, how much power we have in the world, like our education, how much money we make, how much support we have. Um, you know, it's 
also if we are living a life in a marginalized identity, if we're a person of color, if we're queer, you know, those are things that also impact our health and do more than the food we eat or how we move our body. So a really quick Google search of social determinants of health is something that's super helpful. And as a healthcare provider, I would encourage you to bring that up. Whenever someone is questioning your way of doing things, you know, just letting them know that you are someone who's social justice informed and you really want to improve access to care. And when we focus on weight and we make that the priority of every time we meet with a client, people don't go to their doctor anymore. People are not going to seek out prenatal care or they're going to wait longer because of the shame that they feel. And when I work with clients in that space, what I tell them is, I can appreciate why you don't want to go to the doctor. It's been traumatic to go to the doctor and you're trying to avoid the trauma. I mean, that seems like so human. And so as a new midwife, you know, you're really opening up the doors for people, encouraging more access. And I don't know many healthcare providers who would say that's wrong. You know, we want people to get more healthcare because we know that improves outcomes. All right, so there's another area of research that is really important to study and get to know, and that is the weight stigma of research. Weight stigma research is really important because there's actually a causal relationship that's been shown in the research with weight stigma and disease. That is unique because higher weight only at this point has evidence of a correlational relationship. And if you've taken any kind of statistics class or research class, you probably learned on your first day that correlation does not equal causation. It's a really important distinction. And we've been brought up to believe that higher weight causes disease, but for the majority of people, there's just a relationship there. We don't know for sure why there is more disease there. And the only exception, of course, that I think is important to point out is that people at the statistical extreme, so at the very high weight and the very low weight, um, if you can think of the bell curve that we learned in the statistics classes, the people at the far ends, those are the only groups of people that have any literature behind um, causation with weight and disease. For the vast majority of us, Weight just has kind of a relationship and we don't know more, but we do know that weight stigma, that has been able to be connected in research in a way that has a causal relationship. We know that the experiences of being marginalized because of weight stigma is connected to more inflammation and more inflammation is associated with more disease. And it's also connected to higher insulin levels And especially for those of you with polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, you know those two things. Those are two things that we talk about all the time with PCOS. But the very, very thing that we are blaming on higher weight really could be just because of how we treat people at higher weight. How shitty is that? And for you, letter writer, and anyone listening who's kind of bucking the system and going in a different direction that you've been originally taught, Keep that in mind. Like you really are not ignoring health. You're looking at the evidence for health in a way that is more scientific. So last area of research that I encourage you to spend some time with, 
especially during those times when you are wondering if you're neglecting health by moving away from diet culture, is the weight cycling research. Weight cycling research is another area that has a causal relationship with health. Again, unlike higher weight and disease, weight cycling has a causal relationship with disease. And you know how this happens is basically we know through research that for most people, you know there are the random few people where diets work for them, but for most people, if they're intentionally trying to lose weight, the weight is going to come back on within one to two years. And then after two years, one third to two thirds of people will regain even more weight. And so what's normal in this current culture is then for people to try another diet, which I just think is so messed up because why aren't we acknowledging that the tool is broken? Somehow they've manipulated us to think that it's us that is just not doing it right, even though for the majority of people, this is the cycle. But I digress. So after a person regains the weight, and for many people regaining more weight than they even lost to begin with, and goes on another diet, that is yo-yo dieting, also called in research weight cycling. So for you, letter writer, looking at the weight cycling research, you will find that that also is connected to uh, a chronic pro-inflammatory state. It's connected to higher insulin levels, higher blood sugar, more incidence of diabetes, higher blood sugar. It also is connected to higher rates of depression and lower self-concept. And I know that's something as a healthcare provider that I just cannot support. And I think for you too. So when you find yourself doubting it, or maybe you are um, feeling kind of ostracized at work or something like that, you just don't feel like you're kind of connecting with your colleagues because you're doing things differently. Continue to look in those areas. Maybe even share them. There's going to be some people who are going to be not on board at all, but there are going to be some people who are questioning. And you know, those, those are the people you may want to spend some time on just informing and sharing research. I know where I've worked in other places where we had times to have meetings and um, in services, and that's a place where you can just spend some time educating your colleagues and letting there be a conversation. But also, you don't always have to do that because it gets really, really draining and really tiring. As much as you can, I would encourage you to do it. But also remember, there are so many healthcare providers and supporters of weight-inclusive care. I want you to rally. And rally is one of the core areas of the food peace method that I teach people. It is where we can find community and support, and we can really just start to lean into the new way of thinking and not feel so weird and not have to feel that draining side of radical acceptance. You know, it's around other people who are doing the same thing. I feel really lucky. I live in a town that now has many providers who are health at every size informed and doing non diet um, care. But, you know, 20 years ago, when I first started out, I was the only one. There was two other dietitians in the state of North Carolina that I was aware of doing the same thing. And let me tell you, we got together a lot, we huddled. We made sure that we connected often because we felt really weird. But here's the thing. The more that we talk about this way and the more that people come to us because they feel more accepted and they're reaching out to us to get health care, 
Well, other people are seeing that and they're seeing that, I don't know another better word, but they're seeing that it works in a sense. It's helping people to improve health. It's helping people to feel more at home in their own skin. And I know you're worried, letter writer, that maybe you won't be able to provide care to a lot of patients. I mean, you didn't say this in your letter, but I know for a lot of people that I talk to in healthcare, they're worried about that. Like, are people actually going to want to come see me if I do it in this way? And here's the thing. After 20 years, I can say my business is strong and I've also helped support many other healthcare providers as they've moved away from diets. And it's something that strengthens your business. There are people that want to come see you. People will travel hours to come see you because they know that you're not going to tell them their body's wrong. What a wonderful thing to provide. And so I think you'll find more than anything, especially if you find support rallying with other people, is that you're going to provide such a great service that other people in your area will will start to do the same and lean towards you to get that training. So if you are wanting to learn more about the food peace method I use, go to juliedillonrd.com slash six keys to food peace. There you can read more about the concept of rallying and also the other keys to help you along your food peace journey. So I see that food has written back, but before we go, this episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and food peace course. And remember, through February of 2020, you can use the coupon code LOVEFOOD at checkout to get 30% off. And keep in mind, if you have a chance, I would love it if you could fill out the survey for Love Food listeners. I want to make the show better and to curate more content that helps you along where you are in your food peace journey. And so if you have the space to fill out a survey, I would so appreciate it. All answers are anonymous. And again, it really would help the show grow. Check out the survey at juliedillonrd.com slash survey. All right, enough of all that. Until next time, take care. Dear Everyday Fighter of the System, we've had our ups and downs and glad we are finally genuinely connecting. We witnessed your food and body trauma, how you were told you had to be shaped a certain way, how you had to deny your pleasure and trick your body. These are the false truths so many are brought into this world believing until now. You doing this hard work will set you free and allow others to do the same. It will not be easy. You will be misunderstood and shunned. Yet know the fat positive work you do will increase access to health without wool over the eyes. Others will see the improved outcomes and social justice informed care. They will want to do the same. And this, my friend, is how one person changes the world. And that one person is you. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.